Miss Vanji, 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 bitch. bitch. Drop it down low to the floor, one spin. Fish Latina, really nice to meet you because I saved the room to give me tens to see how I whip my hair side, side to side. side. Category clothes, bitch, I'm fly. Slip and slide thighs. Black, ka, 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 ka. Hi. Ooh, Vanji was in the house, eh? Did Vanji take you. over, you girl? Thank you, thank you very much. Hi. Hi. Hi, Vanji, how are you? I'm very good. It's not really Vanji, but we love Vanji. Shout out to Vanji. If you ever want to come on the podcast, come get us, girl. The world is ending, but I'm doing good. Well, I know, girl. Corona, she better done. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't know, like, from the progress of last week to this week, we're a mess. I'm really into, like, ASMR um, <laughs> sounds right now. So he's got ice cubes in his mouth and he's going to do something, aren't Guys, you? Guys, let me know if this sounds soothing. Hello. This is Ice Cubes. Should be these are ice cubes, but okay. Thank you. <laughs> How was that for you? <laughs> I don't get it. It's meant to like relax you and put you to sleep. Why did you like not do it? Like, I just don't understand it. I don't understand why people in their thoughts are doing this. Because like life is stressful and sometimes you just want to hear an, a seagull fucking eat a worm or something. Girl, no. Mm. Right, we need to fix Corona. Hello everyone, welcome to the You Don't Love Me podcast. Welcome to You Don't Love Me. And I can say it now, of doom. Oh, <laughs> foreshadowing, the gays always knew. The gays always been I'm now. telling you, because Lady Gaga did tweet a few weeks ago, Earth is cancelled. Mm. I'm just saying, and she knew, she knew. So, we're obviously in the UK right now, and the sort of the world has gone on some shutdown, haven't they? Mm. You know, for spread, but we... Yeah. In our sheer arrogance. Yeah. <laughs> haven't. Yeah, because like the world knows stuff, but we as British people know more than the world. Apparently so. So Brexit means Brexit, bitch. You know what? <laughs> we this... make our own decisions. We control our own corona. Girl, like... <laughs> we don't know we don't need to know what's happening in Amsterdam, throwing stones throw away. Honestly, we don't give a shit. Or Republic of Ireland. Yeah. Shut down everything. Republic who? <laughs> we are Ingerland, okay? We are better than everyone else. We have our own scientists. We don't need to know the professional help of the World Health Organization. Who the fuck are they, yeah? <laughs> We've got our NHS, yeah, motherfucker. We're going to battle our corona ourselves. First of all, shout out to everyone working hard at the NHS. Um, they are understaffed and overworked as it is. And we are really not helping them because our Prime Minister basically wants everyone to get it. And lots of people to die. What was he recently referred to as from one of your colleagues as having no... Um, backbone. Yeah, he called Oh, he was spineless. Spineless, there yeah. we go. Well, it said the government was spineless. A spineless government. Yeah, it's crazy what's going on, guys. Um, I hope you guys aren't too affected by the coronavirus, but... Um, obviously it is a pandemic and it's really, really serious and it's unfortunate what's happening. Um, but having said that, it's something that scientists have predicted and, um, have been somewhat prepared for a long time ago. We know that these things are going to happen and I would say that they're probably going to happen more often, unfortunately, given, uh, the world that we live in now. And as we know, our prime minister does not give a shit about us. Well, the prime minister said, I'm going to level with you. You're going to lose a loved one sooner than you'd imagine. And that to me means he's not referring to the elderly. He's referring to, you know, sooner than you can imagine. So, younger people. 
Well, how have you got that from that? Because I'm interpreting it as when you say you you're going to lose lo- you lose loved ones sooner than you can imagine, right? Well, he said sooner than anticipated. Okay, anticipated. I think. Well, when they when people are elderly, mm. you know, we, you anticipate losing them. Yeah. And when they are not, you don't anticipate it. So who knows who's going to die? I have no the idea what you're saying. Well, do you know what the listeners understand? He's referring to the elderly and more vulnerable because you know that they are going to die sooner than you know somebody with an average lifespan or or if they're older then they're towards the end of their lifespan that's your interpretation but because they have a more vulnerable immune system because they're older they are going to die sooner but because because they're more um, highly susceptible towards um, the coronavirus or or, you know being severely affected by it chances are that they are going to catch it the chances of them being affected by it are are higher and therefore they will die sooner that's that's the interpretation that I got. Well, I, mean, I got I got anyone can die, bitch, and I've got probably, asthma. Yeah, and they're probably just as susceptible as any, anyone else getting it. But you know, um, the effects that they will face are severe. But yeah, if you've got certain under, underlying con- uh, conditions, I believe diabetes is one of them. COPD, so chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder. If you've got that, then yeah, you're screwed. I think um, asthma falls into that. As a separate uh, category, but you have mild asthma, okay. so I think you'll be fine. This bitch will not let me have my moment. I'm like, okay. your husband could die. He's like, no, you'll be okay. Yeah, but here's a tea though, sis. We've had coronavirus, haven't Girl, we? we think we've had coronavirus. I'm going to just put it out there. As soon as our spineless government are no longer doing coronavirus testing, Ooh. I'm just going to go ahead and sell. We're in charge of corona. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead. This is He said, we're going to refer to the science. Bitch, I am science, okay? I'm telling you, I have had coronavirus. The gays, no. No, I tell you why. Because you and I, we had the flu really, really badly in New York, didn't mm-hmm. we? When we were over there in December, January. Mm-hmm. Then... <clears throat> okay, this is like conspiracy theory. Insert conspiracy. Can you find some conspiracy theory or music, please, whilst I talk about this? No, 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 girl. Just do it. I don't do the entertainment music wow. part. Wow. Did you, like, just totally fucking disobey my order? Oh, wow. Is this a controlling relationship? If Corona has taught me anything... It's You're a con- housewife. <laughs> Get back to your duties. Okay. So, what was I saying? Spooky music. Here we go. I'm trying to create an ambience here. I'm trying to produce Well, you should show. be pre-prepared. So guys, picture this, Christmas, New York, December, two gay boys, South Asian descent, in Manhattan, ill. Okay, so basically what happened was we got the flu and then um, I saw reports that there was a higher than usual incidence of the flu in Manhattan and at that point... um, it was every man for himself. So we we were just trying to survive, get it over and done with. Because I was like, fuck this health insurance bullshit. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't afford to see a doctor in America. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Need to get better. Um, we got better. Fine. Came back to England. <clears throat> then I read a report recently that there's um, in China, a report that's come out of China that apparently they knew about the coronavirus or they saw people with symptoms of coronavirus as early as November, whereas the first reported case was on the 31st of December or something. Mm. So it was much earlier than they'd imagine, which to a, up to a point does actually make sense. So my theory is that the people who got the flu and then I read another report that in New York City, um, cases of flu were up by 77%, which is huge. So I think what actually that was, was people getting coronavirus without realising it, without it actually being identified and diagnosed. So we 
must have built up our own herd community immunization, whatever you want to call it, sheep, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And we built it up and we're fine now. We're good to go. Potentially. Okay. So stay safe, wash your hands and <laughs> stay safe, really. Do you want okay, do you want my opinion on what the Boris Johnson advice is? Right. Even if I don't want it, I'm gonna get it, aren't I? You're you gonna are. give it to me. You are, yes. Okay. I think I, I I was getting really really stressed about this whole Corona Morona stuff because I was like, we're all gonna die. Then I was kind of excited because I do like, you know, when I like it when shit goes down and you know things are exciting, like a celebration. <clears throat> this is obviously not a celebration, but I was like nervous, excited, anticipated kind of thing. And um, I was like, schools are going to close, it's going to be crazy, and blah, blah, blah. Then, when I uh, heard Boris Johnson's sermon, I quickly assimilated that the government don't give a fuck the way that you want them to, and that the way other countries' governments are giving a fuck. So, basically, all what they're saying is, in my opinion, is we are not saying that we're going to help prevent people getting it. We're just going to delay its onset so that people can deal with flu. So the NHS can deal with the seasonal flu. Then we move on to Corona. So they're not trying to stop people from getting sick. They're trying to delay when they get sick. That's what they're actually trying to do because they believe in the, um, you know, the herd theory. I mean, it is to a certain extent selective science. You know, the 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 um, herd immunization. That's what they're trying to encourage so that you know fewer people are affected going forward. However, another way to deal with it is at this moment in time, isolate communities so that they, you know. Um, uh, where you know because the coronavirus needs a host to survive so if you reduce the number of hosts for it to survive in then it's not going to survive or at least it's going to reduce and then meanwhile work on a vaccination and then introduce the vaccination and um, vaccinate the population agreed but they're going for i mean obviously that takes potentially years and years and that's a really you know sort of simplified version of my solution but what they're going for, in my opinion, in my sort of, you know, if I was to look at it from a political point of view, I think they're almost going for the cheaper, cheapest option and they don't want the economy to slow down because a lot of it is smoke and mirrors. If the economy slows down, this conservative government will struggle to pull us out of a recession, for example, I think. I think that's what it is because they've been talking austerity and all this bullshit for about 10 years um, without a lot to show for it. And now they've just announced a budget, said they were going to throw loads of money at people, where is it going to come from? Where is it going to increase borrowing? And then now they've got this on top. I th- it's kind of beyond what they will be able to handle as part of their image in public, I think. You know, it's become more of a political thing rather than actually taking care of people, I think. <clears throat> I agree. They don't give a shit about us. Yeah, <laughs> which is unfortunate. That said, I think I think come Monday, now that they've you know had chance to save face, come Monday they'll probably just backpedal and be like, actually, no, we're closing everything. Because I've heard rumours about that anyway. I think now, well, girl, football's <laughs> took action. Premier League's cancelled for now. Money. Those things are cancelled. And because Donald Trump's actually done something, mm. and, you know, obviously our government is so far up America's backside mm. that they might follow street and see, you know, see what happens. Well, they are spineless. Oh, girl. <laughs> so, enough about yeah. Corona. Yeah. Let's yeah. get on to our guest for this week. Yes, she is an infectious queen <laughs> <laughs> who spreads fears. Who spreads her joy all over the world. She scares you. Yeah, she, she is the pandemic you want in the world. Yes. <laughs> so we, um, you know, this year we said we're going to do some, you know, Manchester showcase. Mm-hmm. Showcase some talent in Manchester. And we previously had Valkaida. Shout out to Valkaida, our sister. 
Volcano. Woo! And this week we have Narcissa Nightshade. I love that name. Girl, that name is everything. It sounds like a really sexy 80s car. Okay. Ooh, okay, then Just go. stay with me here. Ladies and gentlemen, Narcissa Nightshade. Okay. 8pm on ABC. Girl, you, you go, you go for it's that. It's like Knight Rider. Yeah, I'm here for that. Why Narcissa not? Nightshade. I remember Knight Rider. Yeah, the talking car. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, so I, I think like Narcissa Nightshade is the name of like a really great like action-packed TV show. Daytime, she's a man. Nighttime, she's Narcissa Nightshade. <laughs> I can't with you. So Narcissa's here to talk about um, herself, her drag, and also why it's important to support, you know, people of colour and uh, minorities within the LGBT community. What a wonderful ally. And um, we saw her at the uh, bottomless, uh, the, uh, brunch. bottomless yeah, brunch. Yeah, yeah the bottomless brunch in Manchester that the, her and uh, Donna Trump hosted, which was amazing. And she looked sickening. Oh my God. That yes. hair was growing out of her head. I don't give a fuck what anyone else says. <laughs> Changed my mind. That was that weave was set. I was so impressed. And you know, one of the things that she said at the end was, you know, was there was it inclusive enough and was it great? And you know, did you feel welcome? Because we were the only brown people mm-hmm. there, I believe. Uh-huh. I think I don't know, but I thought that was so sweet and it was really nice uh, of her to kind of check in to make sure that everyone was well taken care of and everyone, not just us. You know, it was just, it was a really, really nice atmosphere. I and feel like very we were well looked after. Well, very well appreciated. Yeah, and that rainbow bag- bagel. I've always wanted to have one. Girl, same. Did. You know, I love a bagel. Yeah, yeah, you do love a good ring, don't you? <laughs> so, on that note, Annie introducing Narcissa Nightshade. Narcissa Nightshade. Hey, girl, hey. Hi, Narcissa. Hey. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. I'm coming to you live. I'm, well, I, I've got no problem in telling you listeners. I'm currently warm, wrapped up in bed. I'm having a marvellous time. That storm is blowing a gale outside. This is uh. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whose idea was it to call it Storm Sierra? I'm not mad at that. Do you know what I mean? Sierra's I'm not. Fine. I'm, I'm do you know what? I'm going to say today it has levelled up. So... <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while See to what get I did there. there. I'm just really happy for Sierra because she's finally booking that stage that she speaks of. I'm 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 glad for the airtime that she's getting outside with the winds and everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's about time. Girl, it's what she deserves. <laughs> she deserves. Not gonna lie, it's not gonna. I'm not gonna lie, it's what she deserves. So now, sister, welcome to the podcast. Um, Thanks for having me. Oh yeah, don't worry about that. So just tell Alice's who are you. Who am I? Yeah. I mean, they haven't heard, well, for those who haven't heard of me, so I, I am Narcissa Nightshade. Um, wow, it's so, oh, it's such a big question. Who am I? So I am <laughs> a Manchester-based drag queen, as we know. I'm not telling you anything new. Yeah, um, I've been on the scene here for around five years now. Oh. Um, you may know me as a winner of Cha-Cha Boudoir on several occasions. You may know me as the winner of Kiki Queens 2017. Mm. You may know me as the winner of Night of a Thousand Queens. Um, oh, and I was I was first alternate for, what was the other competition I was in? I was first uh, alternate for something. Um, okay. So many awards you can't keep up. All yeah, the awards. I can't keep track of the crowns, you know. I'm weighed down by them. 
but yeah. <laughs> so I'm known for winning things, just not drag race yet. <laughs> well, you never know, girl. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope to change that. Well, let's hope to see you one day on Drag Race. But that's amazing. So you're a seasoned, decorated veteran of a drag queen, then, by the sounds of it. Decorated, yes. <laughs> Go with that, yeah. Great. And you've so the five years that you've been doing, has that been uh, in Manchester? Is that where you, where you started doing drag? So, no, I've done drag for a lot, lot longer, but it was kind of more, I'd say professionally five years is where I've been sort of working, building on on the blocks to kind of make this more of a career for myself. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I'd say I've probably been dabbling in and out of drag for around 12 years, maybe 13 years. Wow. Wow. So she's been going for a long time. She just only really got good in like the last five. So oh, wow. when you say dabbling, what, what made you start dabbling into drag and what, what was the dabbling? So I was thrust into the drag world. I didn't have much of a choice. Um, so my dearly departed drag mother, and just for those listening, she's not actually dead. She's in the room across across the way from me, but she just doesn't do drag anymore. Mm. So my darling mother back in the day, um, we both went by different names by, back then, but we can't talk about it because we kind of had to change our identities and run away. Um, oh. So my dearest mother, butter on a roll, we were in a room uh, in our old home in Stoke-on-Trent back in the day. And it, we, we were having this marvellous party. And we, it's always been referred to as the drama do of Christmas too. But that's a lo- another really, really long story. <laughs> I'll tell you guys about that when I see you at brunch. But it's a really long one. <laughs> right. Drama do of Christmas too. It's, we have a, a Christmas rerun in the middle of February. Because we were like, well, you go home, you do Christmas with your family. You don't really like it. And then you want to have one with your friends. So mm-hmm. we did a rerun in February. Well, you know, cocktails are flowing, having a marvellous time. And... Um, Mummy Dearest goes, right, it's time. And I went, for what? For your induction. So I'm like, oh, my God, I I really don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to do drag. And then next thing you know, here we are. Um, Yeah, all those years have just flown by. I mean, let's don't get me wrong. It was not good drag. I mean, (laughs) like, we, the only way I can describe our drag back in the day, like, my housemate is mixed race. Um, and we all wore the same colour foundation. Like, we all just wore the same <laughs> Oh, God, we were all this one shade of orange. Like, wow. everyone was united in being just orange because that was the only colour shade available at the time. So, uh, yeah, that's basically where drag started for us was we were all just orange with eyeliner, eyebrows, oh, wow. and, oh, it's horrendous. But it sounds like um, such a great idea. I, um, what was the name of the the night again? Drama Drama Duo for Two. Is that right? The drama Duo of Christmas Two. That is I love so that. smart. I love that. And how clever to redo Christmas with like your chosen family. That's such a smart idea. Is that something that that you that you um, still do or wanna well, bring back? Well, boys, because of the Drama Duo of Christmas Two. We didn't do a Christmas rerun ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say it got out of hand. Um, I oh, mean, wow. someone ended up in hospital. And there was glass flying, people shouting and screaming. So it turns out not much different than a normal, a normal Christmas with your family, really. Um, oh, but it was when I tell you when I tell you the full story, boys, it is fabulous in, in as much <laughs> as it is tragic. So Christmas two has never been reran again. For those listening, don't try this at home. 
Oh my gosh, wow. I love that. I want to steal that idea without all that drama. Yeah, is it copywritten? We We like to extend our traditions. If you want to pick up the tradition, by all means, have a go. Yeah, we want to pick up the tradition of smashing glass and plates. That runs, <laughs> that that has a strong lineage in our family. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Fabulous. For sure. Oh, oh, hey, I wanted to ask you, Narcissa. Um, yes. Where did the name Narcissa come from? What's the idea behind Narcissa Nightshade? I love oh, that name, by the way. Can we just take a moment to appreciate that name? It's like, it's such a, yeah, it's just such a great I name. I think it's quite seductive. Yeah, it's very seductive. Where, yeah, where, where does it come from? So it all it all stems back from I, as I said before, I had a previous um, previous drag name, um, and it was more at the time I'd moved to Manchester and I decided that I did want to get back into it and I wanted to start doing things a little more seriously, and kind of just explore the ideas of the character that I'd never had the the money to execute before or the resources to do that. And I came obviously to Manchester and started going to Cha Cha Boudoir, um, which was a club night ran by Anaphylactic and Cheddar Gorgeous and Danny Olsen Lane. Um, it ran mm. for about five years. Now, when I first came, I, this was like my first experience of what I'd say is it opened my mind up to what the possibilities of drag could be. Yeah. Because yeah. where I was from, it was just simply a case of it was man in a dress. Um, Mm. You know, hard front wig, really bad makeup, feathers, yeah. that kind of idea. When people think of British drag, that's what British drag was, where I, not even where I was from, it wasn't where I was from. It was where I was living at the time. Um, and there were some amazing queens where we were from, but it was just more traditional. Whereas mm. here, it opened my mind up to all these different things that drag could be, and you could be anything and anyone you wanted to be. Mm. With the name Narcissa, it came from, I was, I came up with the nightshade part first because I I kind of had this idea in my head of who she was. And she was basically this poisonous woman who was completely (laughs) and utterly in love with herself and her beauty and everything around her. (laughs) It was just sort of like that whole, that whole idea. Like I've always loved mythology and that kind of idea came from um, Narcissus, the the story of the man who fell in love with his own reflection and subsequently drowned. And I was like, that's perfect. Like that's actually perfect. Yeah. Um, So the Narcissa kind of came, the whole idea kind of came to me to came together. It was, there was like a Harry Potter season on, on in the background in the, in the flat I was living in. And it was something like, I'm sure it was Snape. And he just said Narcissa to Malfoy's mom. And I went, that's the name. It all just came together because I had this idea in my mind about what I wanted and then I went, kind of all the dots connected, and I was like, yes, this is the thing. So it just went, oh, it. my God, Greek mythology. It's not really, I'd say it's not really Harry Potter inspired, because I'm not, I'm not like, an, I'm not not a fan, but it was more of a case of I heard the name and went, that works really well with the idea I'm trying to put across about who she is. Oh, I love, I that. love that. I that's love a, that. That's a real story here. Yeah, there's like, there's like, there's like, as kind of gathering, I think you're going to realise as this goes on, I talk a lot and my stories are long. So we'll try and like chop them down as much no, as we no, can. No, 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 don't. 
talk a lot. Yeah, and that's, that's, perfect, no that's a part of it. Yeah, it's <laughs> yes. it's it's a, it's a showcase of of drag talent in Manchester. So the the floor's all yours, darling. You take your time. You take that applause. You take the. Do you know what I mean? We, we yeah, otherwise we'll anyway. just fill it up with our shit. Shit. <laughs> yeah, just our shit noises. No one wants so to hear about us. We'd rather speak to someone with actual talent than <laughs> have them listen to us. Fine, that's really, really interesting, actually. And um, so how long have you been in Manchester for doing drag? I've been in Manchester now for seven years. Seven years. Oh. Oh, yeah, wow. Seven, just over seven years I've been here now, I think. Yeah, seven years. Seven years. Seven years. Fair, fair enough. And for somebody who hasn't um, had the opportunity to see you perform and 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 do a show, um, no, I said for someone. Oh, Amr is mouthing to me to say we've seen Narcissa. Yeah, I know we have. <laughs> I'm saying for somebody who hasn't, what could they? What should they expect from you in a in a performance? What's your sort of style? Are you grunge, edgy, or political? Political. What goes on? Do you know? Sometimes it. I, I don't like to kind of put myself in one box. Mm. I think for me, um, I love to tell a story. I love to have a narrative behind a performance um, rather than just kind of, I just want to perform this song. And sometimes that's okay because that's just within sort of the, sometimes you don't always have the, the strength or the mental capacity to always create something that has that really strong narrative. Mm. I've always kind of liked to create things. I like to make people laugh. But I like them. I also, more importantly, like to make people think. Mm. So sometimes I can just do something really, you know, really outlandish that's just there just to make people laugh. Because I think in with the world that we're living in right now, people need to laugh. But yeah. I think even more importantly, when you're coming up with something political or something a little more controversial, it's important to make people think. So, yeah. you know, entertain them, but then make them think about what you're trying to tell. I love that. I love that. And I, I really felt that when we saw um, you at the um, Queer Hostage Cabaret. And I remember the, the, the final performance that you and Donna did. And it was, it was politically charged. And I, I just yeah. remember my chemical romance song in there and I would get my emo gig. And our friend was with us and I remember her just crying. That is probably one of my favourite performances um, ever. Uh, it had such an important message for us because... Um, obviously this year was 50 years since Stonewall and every year we have a drag ball mm. in Manchester. It had taken a little break um, and it came back this year. So we had decided that what we were going to do was we had this whole concept plan because the theme was 50 years um, since Stonewall and we wanted to break down the, the storytelling uh, behind Stonewall because there are so many misconceptions so many you know we we romanticize Stonewall so much and yes it was a really important um part of our of our history mm. but there's so much so many things about it that aren't necessarily true or there are things that we believe to be true that aren't and what yeah. we wanted to do was deconstruct Stonewall and not take away its importance because it was so important but say okay well that was 50 years ago but let's look at our community now and where we are the, the the whole thought piece behind the number was kind of taking out that whole idea that you know oh this this all happened because people were so upset that judy garland was dead yeah. which was actually it came from a slur in a newspaper um 
and people assumed that actually it was because of Judy Garland. And, you know, I'm not blaming RuPaul, but RuPaul said it. Um, There's so many things that people assume to be true. And, you know, there's, I think it was Sasha the Law that said that we have a duty as drag queens to be the storytellers and we're renowned for um, misremembering these stories and telling them in our own way. And our stories move on through time, they change. But Mm. that performance for us, it was about what we've achieved, but not what we're yet to achieve. And it was talking about um, equality for um, people of colour within our community, for people living with HIV and the fact that even though a lot of us know that U equals U now, there are still a lot of people who don't understand that concept and still hold prejudice against people for being HIV positive. Um, And thirdly, the other one we wanted to talk about was um, helping our trans brothers, sisters and however they wish to identify. We wanted to make sure that everybody feels included and talk about, okay, yes, we've achieved this much, but we've not done it without these people within our community. And right now we're letting people down. So we need to educate and we need to stand up and be advocates and educate people because there's so much that goes on within our community now and it breaks my heart to think what people go through, you know, day in and day out. And we just wanted to make this piece and say, okay, this is what we've done, great, but let's look at the statistics here and let's let's talk amongst ourselves, let's listen to people who are marginalised within our community. Do you know what? And that piece was incredible for anyone that's seen it. It was yeah. just like you get goosebumps, that piece. It was uh, amazing. I just want to pick on something that you said about um, letting people down. What do you mean by that? Like, who? What do you mean by you feel like we're letting people down? So within our community, we obviously have, I think, like, it can be down to really, really low levels. Like, when we talk about, um, I mean, it's such a huge, huge thing to kind of break down but if we if we talk about um people of color within our communities yeah people are underrepresented Mm -hmm. whether it's down as low as you look at um posters in bars it's all it's all white male bodies perfect bodies Mm -hmm. and you know if if there is going to be a person of color on a poster it will be an r&b night and yeah, it's kind yeah. of looking at those little microaggressions that are so ingrained within our society and within our own community and breaking that down and saying, hang on, this isn't right. We shouldn't be looking at things like this. Um, it shouldn't have to be. It shouldn't have to be this way. Well, why do you think? OK, so let's uh, I mean, uh, as you say, Narcissa, that there is a lot to sort of break down here. And, and there's, so many, there's so many strands and, and, you know, the LGBT community marginalized as it is. It is still a huge community. You know, you, there's there's, yeah. there's so many different strands to it. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, people of color has been hot topic. And I, I believe this year or last year we had the uh, black. Uh, was it uh, Black Pride? Yes, we in did Manchester. in London. In London, in London, yeah, yeah. So it's something. It is certainly a hot topic. Why do you think people of color are so underrepresented within the LGBT community? Do you think that that is um, a, a racial prejudice, or do you think it's simply because there's there's not that many people of color willing to be vi- be visible? 
I, I mean, I think there is a whole community of people who are visible. I think Black Pride mm. showed us that. Mm. Um, they're just simply, for me, you know, when we go to our bars, when we go to our clubs, there isn't representation there. And mm. it's, it's like I say, it's going down to that deep ingrained, when we talk about racism, it's not always about being outright aggressive it's about these tiny things that people learn over over time and you know it's trying to unlearn that and kind of pick apart why did you choose that person to go on that poster um or why yeah why is it that when there are you know security checks going into clubs why is it always um people of color that get stopped Mm -hmm. and searched why does that happen more 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 often mm. yeah so i feel like we, a... sorry i was just going to say because we know that there's there's good and bad people in all communities Absolutely. you know there's, there's 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 white terrorists there's brown terrorists there's black terrorists there and there's good people in all races and religions and cultures as well to the person though so it? yeah so why it's, it's interesting you say that why is it that people of color are penalized or, we've, or... we've had that as well going to clubs yeah we yeah. Have haven't that. we and like yeah. and it's it's really sad because for um, a lot of people of colour, these LGBT spaces are the only safe space they have. Mm. Yeah. And to get turned away is really sad. And I tell you what, I, I'm going slightly off topic on this, but what I found really interesting is the last few times I have gone out to gay clubs, people have approached me for cocaine. I've, mm. I've, I don't do drugs. I've never done drugs in my life. I have no desire to do drugs. Yeah. But I just think to myself, in this sea of people... You, you know, these people are... Why did you choose me? Yeah, why did you choose me? Uh, you know, what is it that's so unique about me that gives you the... I mean, I don't have a cold. I'm not sniffing my nose. No, not even, you don't that. even drink. I don't even drink alcohol. I don't drink anymore. So what? what is it about me that made you assume that I would naturally have drugs on me? It's, you know, it's just that kind of um, um, thought and uh, and mentality that I, that, uh, I would like to see challenged, I think. So it's yeah, interesting... It's interesting that, that you know you, you you mentioned sort of people of color and rep, uh, underrepresentation, so, uh, and I hope that changes, and I hope that we can all be part of that change. God, I, I sound we like we all have a part to play in that. I think we yeah. all have a responsibility to look at our own actions yeah. and thoughts and the way that we perceive things, um, because ultimately, um, a lot of things that I've done, like I I wouldn't go out and say, you know, I'm a huge very vocal activist every single every single day i will always try my best Mm. for so many different things i will advocate for people of color for trans people for people living with hiv Mm. um for you know even as far down i very very passionate about mental health and animal rights Mm -hmm. but i think it's important that we all play our part in this and look at the way that we behave or or look back on previous things that we've done because, you know, I'm not perfect, but I've learned and it's through having, like, I'm very privileged, like my best friend who I love to death has taught me so, so much. Yeah. Um, And having watched him, you know, suffer a lot in the past because of racial profiling or because of underrepresentation and not seeing bodies like his represented, Mm. You know, to see him hurt hurts me. And when people are there saying, you know, because you you have this, we've had it in the past where we've kind of approached bars to have discussions about it. 
and everyone gets very very tense because it's an emotive topic and it took my housemate explaining it to um one of the white managers of a bar it then took me having to explain it exactly the same way as a white person for them to understand it wow Wow. (laughs) how interesting it must be interesting you you've first time seeing that and experienced that and it's horrible it's i mean i obviously i can't speak to understanding how that feels i'll never ever have that because obviously i i benefit from being from being white and having white privilege i can't stand there and say i know how that feels i've watched one of my friends firsthand i wouldn't say suffer as such but because he's he's very very strong but when you watch that over and over and over that's Mm -hmm. going to that's going to have an effect on you and i just think we have a responsibility in this day and age to represent everybody make everyone feel welcome um no matter your body type your gender your color anything we have a responsibility as a community to look after each other whether that's within the lgbtq plus community or whether it goes beyond that we Mm -hmm. all have a social responsibility to look out for one another and to challenge the system that we're in because let's face it the government that we have aren't looking out for everyone's best interest and they're quite happy for us to be pitted against each other you know what the i i agree with you like that representation is so important whether it's just it's not just people of color it's the trans community it's whatever gender sexuality and for for me i would love to and i I love to go to shows where i can see everything Mm. and everyone be um represented um how far do you think like the, the manchester drug scene has come or in, uh, in yeah that, let's you know, talk about the manchester you know, drag like, scene do you, think, do you think the man for you personally do you think the manchester drag scene is really representative i feel that it's gotten better mm-hmm. i don't think it's perfect i think with so obviously i didn't i didn't curate curiosity that was all on donna trump yeah um and i'll let her talk more about that but when we are thick as thieves and we plan all of our ideas and our events together. Her ethos behind that event specifically was to give a platform to people of different ethnicities, of different genders. Um, You know, it was, it was given, it was a given platform to include everybody. Mm. And there isn't many nights that I think have that ethos. Mm, I, I feel like yeah. I feel like there is a lot to be done, like in terms of representation. But I feel like now we've got some really strong voices within our community that are speaking up, that are saying their truth, and that want to stand up and be counted and be a part of, you know, the the, the rich tapestry and the history sure. that the Manchester community has. And I think now more than ever is a time where we should be embracing that and we should be linking in and amongst ourselves. To make this a better a better scene do you know what's really interesting i've just realized is before we started recording i said that the brief is going to be that we're going to make it really light and breezy and like <laughs> yeah. here we are like it's important though getting into, really the, getting getting high into high the deep stuff yeah but it's important and you know with, with, with curiosity yeah. like you know moving forward i think we do have some strong voices in the community now i think because of the political climate we're in and you know which is, you know, however one wants to perceive it, the, the great thing about it is these voices are coming out now. 
and they're ready, resistance. there's resistance and they're ready to be heard and they will not stop and i think you know moving forward this decade it's so important for our future generations to set that president up for them you know Absolutely. voice overhead we're gonna have representation and what i really loved about um um curiosity was going there and i was like wow i love being in a um you know lgbtq plus safe space where it's not about being pretty yeah and just being cute it's about you know um exploring your own like gender identity and your sexuality and just being so who you want to be yeah. and seeing all these much incredible as you are, people. Yeah. As you are be yourself be I was who, inspired by you. If you don't want to be yourself, be who you want to be. Yes. It's not about pretense. It's not about, you know, it's never going to be about, you know, this mask for mask, white spaces. Mm-hmm. It's there for everybody to enjoy it. Um, I feel like because you guys came on a really, really special day because I think it was the weekend of um, World AIDS Day, which is yes, why we was. did the yes. performance we did. So to kind of like that was probably one of my favorite nights we'd done um with curiosity just to be able to kind of share that in a space where you could see a sea of faces that were all different um it, it's really important that we we kind of have have that now where we can allow a space where everybody feels welcome yeah that's so interesting because that's something that uh, and thank you for that because it was something that was very much apparent on the night oh, yeah you know you could you could um really tell the difference from the upstairs to the downstairs and and what i loved about the curiosity cabaret space is it was exactly that people were expressing their their true selves there wasn't any sort of i i didn't feel any sort of peer pressure or you know you didn't see a lot of guys eyeing and sizing each other up up and and, and yeah. trying to be as masculine as possible to attract each other everyone was living their true fantasy and confidence is attractive and and that's what i mm. loved about that space was and everyone was so welcoming and oh yeah you know it, i can't say that there was a sea of brown faces i think there was probably about yeah. four or five but you know i didn't feel like as if i stood out or you know or i was the you know exotic piece coming in or something you know, you know everyone it, was it, living their fantasy you, we felt like we we, we were fitting fine yeah it was nice yeah. to be somewhere it was, so it was like where there was no impending doom of someone coming to us and saying so what do your family think about you being gay yeah. since you're Asian? Yeah. Yeah. that wasn't there and that's they really were, rare nobody was here for that yeah so well and done <laughs> and i tell you what narcissa you looked fierce that night oh, yeah you did i was scared of you <laughs> I, was, I would not fuck with you no i know <laughs> and i think you were you were raising some funds for mm. for for world's aids uh, aids day i believe yeah. and um when you came out around with that bucket i was scared i was like i, I need to put something otherwise she's gonna like otherwise there's gonna be a fucking fight start about to start <laughs> or something. You, you looked fierce bitch that was so good you did look fierce oh, thank i was you. like you take apple pear <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah Manchester scene I think I think you know like you said you feel like it's improved but there's a lot more that needs to be done hey. I think it's the same everywhere there is yeah. work to be done everywhere and in, in as far as places in the UK go I think Manchester is probably one of the, the the best spaces where people are included but there is Agreed. still definitely a lot of work to do in the culture mm. because I've watched the street change over years in some ways for the better and others for worse. I just think now is the time that we all kind of stand up and say, let's all be included and let's not leave anyone behind. 
Sure. So who would, uh, um, I know you mentioned uh, Donald Trump, who, if you were to choose your sort of top five favourite drag queens oh, from the Manchester scene, oh <laughs> or, or even a, a selection that you would like to see perform together in one night, not your favourite necessarily. Yeah, yeah. That if would you, have great representation. If there's somebody, I know we're chopping. That's a nicer ch- question, bitch. We're chopping and changing this question, bitch. So, like, if if you, yeah, if somebody hasn't visited the Manchester drag scene, and they were to ask you, who would you recommend to see? And you can't say you or Donald Trump. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, that's that's. I mean, they're they're givens anyway, so we won't put the, <laughs> we won't put us in the lineup. Um. Okay. So I'm gonna have to think super super quick. Um. Juno Birch. Oh, we should have beat oh her as well. Gosh, we should I have beat her there. so much. Do you know what? Yeah. Amazing artist, uh, fabulous, fabulous trans woman, um, you know, so, so clever. So talented. So, so talented. Uh, do you know what? Juno's fabulous. I, I I firmly believe that if I was a wizard from Hogwarts, Juno Birch would be my Patronus charm. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I genuinely think if I'm in if I'm in any sort of girl by risk status <laughs> and I you know pointed my wand at the person Juno Birch she, she, she's up. incredible she's incredible <laughs> yeah she's so good yeah, Juno Birch Juno Juno in the lineup I would have Jack the Lad uh-huh. so Jack the Lad is uh, a drag king drag king yeah, um, yeah Jack has now moved to Amsterdam. But when Jack is here, Jack is like a force to be reckoned with, like just like giving you that full like prince energy. It's everything. Oh, so wow. I would love love to see a bit more of Jack. Well, we're going uh, to Amsterdam in a couple of weeks, so we might. Uh, if if Jack the lad's performing there, does he perform there? I don't know, but I can check and find out for you. Yeah, if you could, yeah, if he if he performs there, I'd love to go and see. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll see how things are. I'll find out. I'll have a word with Jack later on and see yeah, if right. he's got anything on for you while you guys are over there. Um, let's have a think. Eva Seration. Eva Seration. Oh, I love him. that name. <laughs> Eva, yeah, so Eva Seration. Um, dark horror, clever Ooh. circus stuff Does really this, yeah really really cool oh, wow. um so eva did this huge thing for ages while Theresa may was running the country and she was called i think it was Theresa dismay yeah she did so many routines as Theresa dismay as this reptilian woman oh everything absolutely everything that is so That's funny that is so, so iconic funny. You know what? I used to call Theresa May the lizard lady because yeah. I thought she lacked emotion. <laughs> and there's somebody like, was being a reptile. Fantasy, so so good. Oh wow! Um, I'm trying to think now. I want to make sure that we are covering everybody in terms of representation for the show here. Um, we need one more, don't we? Two more. Two, two, more. two more. Two more. Um, okay. What about? Okay, so I'm going to step outside of drag. Oh, okay. But actually, okay, so she does also do drag. Okay. Um, but she is primarily a burlesque dancer, and her name is Coco Deville. 
She was there that night, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. Amazing choice. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Amazing. She's phenomenal. So amazing. Great. Great at what she does. And, again, she has that that full prince energy when she does her, her drag king alter ego. I just can't think off the top of my head. What I think I want to say is Dick Deville, but I might be wrong. Okay, but I will I will find out and check. But um, Coco is amazing. I, either or, you, you're in for a show when you see Coco. She's fabulous. Oh, she's so good. We saw her at the Curiosity Cabaret, and oh my gosh, people were screaming her like screaming for her. She's she was just like the way she the, her energy and the way she commands the audience and that smile and the way she can like move her body is just phenomenal. It's so yeah. good. She's amazing, and you know she draws reference from so many different things for her acts. So it's really, really fun to see to see her kind of represent so many different cultures and so many different narratives in in the stories that she tells. Um, so yeah. I think I think at the minute, you know, uh, Dragon Burlesque is like are fully holding hands um, as communities at the moment, and you're going to see a lot of what we do kind of weaving in and in and out of both communities so that's been that's been great as well that's that's really really interesting because we just put on a night in london Um, yeah we we did a bollywood cabaret show and we had a burlal came down didn't she yeah yeah, manchester drag queen yeah and um we had a burlesque dancer as well so yeah i I mean it's a collaboration that we that that needs to happen more often oh definitely and i think the greatest talent i think manchester drag scene's greatest kept secret is is yet to be revealed and i think amir that's lady bushra of bradford (laughs) so much about lady bushra you don't need to do you you know lady bushra oh my god i've heard about lady bushra but i want to see more (laughs) <laughs> so lady, really she'll give more. you more La- lady busher of bradford okay so this is my alter ego that i debuted like a few weeks ago at the um cabaret show and yeah. um uh yeah she's she's just this hot south asian sensation that's hot landed in bradford it's just me being a twat basically but i love doing it and um yeah let's make it happen in manchester oh my god you're amazing <laughs> so you know what it. she is hilarious i'm not gonna lie yeah she is we need to see more from lady bushra do you need a bit more bush you can't go wrong with a bit more bush yeah <laughs> yeah in fact val calls me bush now <laughs> love it yeah she literally just calls me bush she's hilarious <laughs> I'm trying to think of one more person now just to kind of round it off. Mm-hmm. We've got, so I'm just trying to think now. We have. So who do we have? We have Juno Birch, Coco DeVille, we have. Yeah. Jack, Jack the Lad. Lad. Jack the Lad. How can I not remember all the names that I've said already? My God. The Gothic name. The Gothic name. Eva Serration. Yes. Eva Serration. Um, and I'm trying to think of another name, but I want it to be someone that maybe people haven't heard of, of or course, seen yeah. much of mm. okay ellen degenerate oh, oh yes yeah ellen degenerate yes. is fabulous i mean she she was based in manchester she's currently in birmingham and i think she's moved somewhere else soon so she's bouncing up and down the country probably coming to somewhere near you soon um yeah. evil evil humor um she's she will comments in a wit oh, she is so fast and so cutting 
Oh, that's good. She, that's a she's good... so funny. And no one is safe. Like, no one is safe. She will come <laughs> for you with the scissors. She will cut your wigs off. And she's just got this cute little, you know, she's like, comes in this cute little package with this lovely smiley face and big hair. And you think, oh, look at her. She's so lovely. And then she opens her mouth. <laughs> oh, I like that. Evil like lies that. within, but she's fantastic. So she's a, definitely a comedy queen to be watching out for. Great. Well, it seems like Manchester's got quite the variety Oh, there's a lot going on here. It's, it's always going on. We've got a catalogue, I think, of over 80 drag queens. That was the last time we checked at the, the local drag centre. Wow. So, yeah, we had over 80 then, and that was over 12 months ago. So there's probably more that we've now got to get included. I actually do think we should set up an official drag census, just so we know who who to look out for. I think yeah. you should as well. A drag Facebook we just have a catalogue of talent. Hey, that could work. Just a little black book. Uh, yeah, of like <laughs> names and stuff. Yeah, that's a great yeah, idea. A, a drag grinder. Okay. <laughs> I think we've got to last couple of questions, haven't we? Um, oh, yes. yeah. Fab. I want to know, like, what is the big dream for you now, sister? Oh, the big dream. Yeah. Does it consist of two words? Drag and race? I mean... <laughs> that can be part of it. It's yeah, I would say for me it's part of the dream to have a platform to have that voice. Okay, so so uh, so drag race is part of the dream. So what what is the bigger picture for you? I mean, I guess for me the 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 bigger picture, I would love to travel more. I'd love to see more of the world. I'd love to be more of an advocate for marginalized voices um in supporting people. I'd love to curate my own events. Um I mean, ultimately, with the whole thing with Narcissa anyway, she truly believes that she is a star. She's just got that very... Um, yeah. That that very, like, for me, there's, there's not too much separation between us. Like, I believe in my own star power, and that sounds really up my own backside. No, it doesn't but, at all. You but should. for me, I think you have to have this belief in yourself that you can and you will achieve. Mm. And for me, that's that's kind of what I want to do. I don't know what the end goal is but I ju- I'm more excited about the journey than the actual getting there because I think once you're there you'll know that it, it doesn't end you'll always want to develop you'll always want to do more you'll always just keep going and then I guess one day you'll just come to a point and go I'm ready to stop but right now that is not that time there is so much work that I want to do and so many things I want to achieve um but I guess for me it's 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 the getting there like the journey for me every gig is a blessing every opportunity i have is, is amazing um and if anyone wants to come and see me please come and see me and where can people come and see you where can they find you well so at the moment um uh so curiosity is currently on a hiatus so mm-hmm. you know more about that when i mean because i'm sure you're going to talk to donna at some point so she can talk about that hopefully when we've got a new venue or, yeah, and, and Narcissa, if you if you see Juno in the meantime, put in a good word. I'd love to have her on the podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll drop her a text after the show and let her, let her know. Um, yeah. Um, oh, obviously there's our drag brunch, and I have heard you guys are coming. We yes, are. We, we are, are coming into the next drag brunch. Very yeah. excited for that. Yeah, really excited. I'm really excited to see you guys. So, yeah, we have drag brunch called Legs and Bacon. That, again, is me and Donna Trump. We are based... Currently outside of the village in the northern quarter at a bar called Wilson Social. Um, 
Right. We have now added a second date for that weekend because the first show sold out. Um, and I had a list of about like 40 people that wanted to come that couldn't. We were trying to extend further on the Saturday to do a second a second helping, if you will. Um, but we couldn't we couldn't arrange it with the venue. So we are now doing Sunday, the 1st of March as well. So if anyone's in Manchester and fancies coming for a Sunday fun day, there are tickets available now. Alternatively, we're on the last Saturday of every month. So the next one will be the 28th of March. So always be the last Saturday of every month. It's always the last Saturday Brilliant. of every month. So, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've got coming up at the moment. But if there's anyone listening who wants to book me, anyone who is who cares to kind of hear more, see more, hit me up because the diary at the moment is a little more open than I'd like it to be and I've got no issue in saying it. So, yeah, book me, give me gigs. Great. And Great. I'm sure Thank you're you. working on some more things because I've seen some, some interesting things on your story with some photo shoots and some things going on. Yeah. So, um. Is it under wraps for now? I can talk about the photo shoot. The photo shoot was is with the Cosplay Journal. Um, that's not so much for me. I'm not the focal piece of that. Um, it's So uh, me and Anaphylactic have done a shoot for the Cosplay Journal with our designer, who is who the shoot is about, uh, Lizzie Biscuits. She makes a lot of our costumes. Um, so she, And she also does a lot of cosplay work herself. So... Um, that's kind of what that shoot will be about. And I think the issue is out in April. So there'll be more to follow on that um, Great. as and when it comes out. So, you know, if you're into cosplay, pick up the cosplay journal. You can pick it up in shops now, I believe, as well. Or you can buy it online. But we'll be in the April edition. And I believe we're on the cover. Brilliant. Well, yeah. so we've enough. got that. And then... I've, I'm working on some other stuff that's completely under wraps at the moment. I can't talk about it. Ooh. Um, okay. But just so you know, it's not season two. <laughs> you're going we'll to just disappear soon, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I did that last year because I thought it would be funny and um, people thought I was genuinely on. Um, but really, I was just kind of sat at home and, you know, going to the gym and focusing on me, having a little bit of self-care. And then, um, yeah, people were convinced I was on the show. And I was like, I'm really not. And they were like, okay, babe. I was like, no, really, I'm not. And that's <laughs> I really wasn't. Finally, if you, you know, could deliver a message to the LGBTQ plus community, especially a lot of our listeners that are, might be in, like, oppressed places and that can't live their true selves, what would it be? Um, wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that, oh, that's a big one. So Okay, so a message to our community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Don't just be an ally to marginalised people. Be a friend. Ooh, um, we've talked about this in the past. Yes, we have. Um, how I'm not keen on the term ally so much because an ally to me is something that is, it's very formal and it can be taken away. Um, yeah. Allyship is something that's there. It's kind of an agreement where there's a mutual benefit to both parties for doing so. I don't like that formality to it. And I think a friendship is something, if a true friendship anyway, is standing up, saying something when you see something's wrong, call out that behaviour. And hopefully in doing that as a community, the people within that that maybe don't have the 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 comfort of knowing that they can come out or they can be themselves, in us being accepting and loving as friends to the community, it might make the world a safer place for them to be able to feel comfortable in doing that. 
if you are at all in any way suffering, you know, with your coming to terms with your sexuality, your gender, um, if you are going through a position of suffering at the hands of racism or anything to do with your body image, your mental health, know that you're loved, know that you're cared for, um, and we are going to be there to hold your hand. Well, Narcissa, thank you very, very much for for your positive messages and thank you for taking the stance that you have on uh, being a friend or, uh, and, and, you know, um, promoting inclusivity. That's really, really great to hear and thank you for just being who you are. Yeah. That, you know, sickening Manchester drag performer. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting me have the opportunity to talk a little bit about it. Um, oh, like I said, there's work to be done, more work for me to do, more work for others to do. Um, this responsibility is all of ours. So thank you very much for giving me a platform to talk about it. No worries. Our absolute pleasure, Narcissa. See you soon. Yes. At the all right, we'll see you at brunch. Yeah. yeah. And uh, until then, love you lots. And bye. 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 You don't love me. Bye. Hello. And welcome back. Go by. To the You Don't Love Me podcast. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying the soothing sounds that I'm saying. Are you going to talk? Go, I'm waiting for you to have your moment because, you know, <sighs> you, you won't get many more of them. It's taking me ages to eat this ice okay, cube. So, thank you so much, Narcissa, for coming onto the podcast. Um, I really, really enjoyed um, our interview with Narcissa because I felt like she knew exactly what she was talking about and what she wanted to get across. And she truly stands for inclusivity and that's really important. And I like the fact she brought in her own experiences and what she's learned as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just brilliant. She's been open and on it. Great. I love the fact that I was part of it. <laughs> Girl, were you though? My favourite part was me. Of course it was, bitch. Of course it was. Have we talked about the Sherry Pie controversy? Girl, we talked about it a bit last week, yeah. But now, like, things are no, developing, aren't they? Did we? Yeah. Okay, so I heard... <laughs> it was part of our episode last week, girl. Where were you? I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> um, no, I heard uh, sibling rivalry, uh-huh. Bob the Drug Queen and Monet, Monet Exchange, they said that they knew about it to a certain extent prior or after or something, and there was some sort of uh rumor and you know just based on sort of anecdotal evidence to a certain extent bob the drag queen decided to drop her from a few shows that he'd hired her for and now they find out that there's about nine victims girl nine i only knew of one that's scary do you know what i don't want to speak on it anymore Mm. i don't want to give her the airtime. okay we don't support that but i just want to do a little cute thing like obviously drag race has happened this week if you haven't watched it this is going to be a spoiler it's a spoiler alert and, um, you know, our sister Dahlia. Dahlia! If anyone comes for Dahlia for her exit or anything, just know she is one of the sweetest queens. She actually she's is. So, she's so nice. She's so sweet. She's she really, really sweet. She's, she's like, really I'm fierce lovely. sweet. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, shout is. out to you. And shout out to any queen on that show, apart from a certain someone. Because you were all talented. You were all there. You were all everything. That certain someone served a look on their own way. Girl, we're not talking about it. Yeah, but I'm not promoting her. I'm promoting the, d- the designer. designer. Who yeah, was the designer? designer who made it. Who we'll, was find, designer? we'll find out. It'll yeah. be on the internet. That, because... the, the designer who made that outfit was sickening. Oh, yeah. Girl, shout out to the di- designer girl. Yeah, it was a great outfit. Yeah. It was. 
Um, but yeah, and thank you very much, Narcissa, N- Narcissa Nightshade. <laughs> that was really, really good. We had a great time. Uh, can't wait to see you again. If you guys want to see Narcissa Nightshade, see her in Manchester. And can I talk about when Narcissa performed Dua Lipa's physical? That bitch moved yeah, everywhere. Did. That's what Donald Trump was like, girl, what? What's happening? That was <laughs> fierce. I'm like, how did you keep up that my much? Favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the night was, um, or the afternoon brunch was when um, Donald Trump was doing Adele's hello. And then she, she did this. She went, hello, it's me. And she went, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's so funny. But yeah, no, um, great times, good times, gay times. Let's have more of them. Let's have a kiki. And check out Nasty Nightshade. And thank you for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at you don't love me underscore podcast. You don't love me that underscore you don't love me podcast. Underscore podcast. Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at YDLM underscore podcast. Tweet tweet. That is YDLM underscore podcast. Wash your hands. Hashtag YDLM podcast. You Sanitizer. can like us on Facebook at YDLM podcast. So just type in you don't love me podcast and find us, girl. Also. Um, we are nominated for um, a role model NTA award. Don't ask me why and how. And um, by now, by the release of this episode, this is me speaking to existence. You have all the information on our Instagram to go nominate us and tell us that we are cute and we are sickening. And that's why we should be winners. Yeah, guys, you are about to be quarantined. What are you doing? Just sit there and give us a vote. Support us. You know, what else are you going to do? Listen to the episodes. Tell your friends about them. If you've got any Italian friends tell uh, who want to improve on their English and want to know what British culture is all about, send this episode over to them because, you know, they're going to feel lonely and they're going to feel sad. And this might just cheer them up, I think. What do you think? Yeah. Also, we've been getting a lot of fan mail and like loads of presents. And I just <laughs> want to say that if you want to send me something, send me hand sanitizer and loo roll. Because, okay, venting. I genuinely ran out of loo roll the other day and you, I couldn't buy any. You've done this already, girl. Oh, did I? Last week. No, I didn't. It was this week, bitch. Oh, oh was that last week? Yeah. Okay. Well, I've run out again. <laughs> and if you want to send stuff, you know, let us know because someone's been getting some saris, haven't they? Yes. Lady Bushra has um, been receiving presents. Lady Bushra needs to make an appearance on this podcast, I believe. Soon come. Mm. Hey. Okay. Oh, no, I've got an idea about the coronavirus thing, but I'm not going to say it because I feel like somebody might steal it. Okay. But you know what it is, and I know what it is, and I know what we're going to do, and you know what we're going to do. Girl, I'm shaking my boots. So, yeah, let's just tune out for that. Um, but, yeah, shout out to Harsha3200. Is that how you say it? Harsha3200. Harsha, yeah. thank you very much for um, keeping Lady Bushra well-clothed, um, albeit skankly clad, but that's how she likes it. And, um, yeah, can't wait to meet you in um, London when we uh, pop over next time. Thank you. Follow Lady Bushra at lady.bushra on Instagram. DM her, send her nudes, send her saris and send her money. Love you guys lots. You don't love me. Podcast. Hand sanitizer. <laughs>